Morning, everybody. You all right? Yeah, yeah. Who's happy this morning? Who's grumpy this morning? <laughs> you know what? The, the good thing is this. God's the same yesterday, today and forever. So he's always the same. I, I find that so comforting. He is love, but he's always the same. When you come to God, you're never, you're never wondering what mood he'll be in. It's like, oh, I wonder what sort of night he had. When you get up to pray in the morning, I, I wonder if God's the same. Yesterday, today, and forever, always the same. That's amazing. Because everything around us in this world is transient. Everything around us in this world is moving all the time. The seasons change. Everything changes. You change. You get old. Uh, and and to, to, everything's changing all the time. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And actually, we don't, we don't really understand that. But if you ponder it a little while... Because he's the same, I think I said to you a while back, he's the same God who was with the Apostle Paul, he's here today. Same God who was with Wesley and Whitfield in the, 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 the revival back then, he's here today. He's exactly the same. He hasn't changed. He hasn't changed even his style of music. Right? We've changed our style of music. From no music to Gregorian chant to all sorts of things. And we go, oh, now this is real anointing. Now we're singing the latest song. God's not, not really impressed. He's the same. It's not about the songs, you see. It's not about style. I'm not saying those things don't have a place, because they do. But we come and worship him because he's the same. Yesterday, today and forever. Our confidence lies in him who is unchanging. And that gives me hope. That gives me hope for eternity. If you'd like to turn to Colossians chapter 1. We're going to read verses 15 to 23, just while you're looking that up. Um, as you know, some of, us, uh, some of the leaders in the town are getting together. About five of us are getting together every Tuesday morning to pray. Uh, 8 o'clock in the morning for an hour. I, I just need to report back to you, it's going very well. Actually, it's glorious. Uh, people, are, they're, they're saying things like, it's never been like this before. Wow, this is amazing. Wow, we're praying, and it's like we're praying, and doors are opening as we pray in the Spirit. It's amazing. It's, really, it's, it's like the, some of the best prayer meetings I've ever been in were these guys who are, we're just hammering on the gates of heaven, and God's just, there. Isn't that great? I mean, praise God. And, 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 and so that uh, Eric Wilson from St. Barnabas sent out a, a, an email all around the, the church leaders of the town about something and he said, by the way, we are meeting every Tuesday morning at 8 o'clock. Please come and join us. Isn't that great? Isn't that great? I, I just think, you know, that's, that's rare, I need to tell you. And uh, I praise God for it. So we're working our way through uh, the book of Colossians on Sunday mornings. And uh, today our focus will be on uh, verses 21 to 23. Not many verses, but to keep it in context, I want us to read from verse 15. Um, 
if, if that is okay. He is the image of the invisible God. We're speaking of Jesus now. The firstborn of all creation, for by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. If you continue in your faith, established and firm, not moved from the hope held out in the gospel. This is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven and of which I Paul have become a servant. I have uh, four points today rather than three, uh, but they're just one word. Each, each point is one word. Once, now, if, and gospel. Can you remember those, do you think? No. I've got faith for that, but you know. We'll try. Once. The Apostle Paul here is reminding the Colossians that there was a time when they lived as enemies of God. You know, it's good as Christians to look back from time to time and remind ourselves just what Jesus has done for us. For everyone in this room, there was once a time when we were alienated from God. And that's still true today if you're not born again, if you haven't put your faith and trust in Jesus, you are alienated from God. To be alienated from God... Is, is, is much more than being ambivalent about him. To be alienated from someone speaks of relational breakdown. Before we became Christians, we lived with this constant, broken relationship. You see, we were all made to have fellowship with God. Even those who say, I don't believe in God, well, you still were made to have fellowship with God. That's how God designed you. Oh, well, I'm, I, I don't believe in God. Well, you may not, but he believes in you, and he designed you to have fellowship with him. Knowing him, walking with him, day by day, is what gives our lives meaning and purpose. As I repeat, that is what we were made for. I'm a sort of engineering scientific type I'm certainly not terribly arty. Sorry about that. I like to think I am, but I'm not. I'm not particularly good with, with literature. Who, who did literature at uni? Yeah, and how many of you can write lovely essays? And things like that. Yeah, I'm rubbish. I mean, give me numbers every day. Or a circuit diagram, even better. Okay, I, I think that the Bible should have been written in, in diagram form. <laughs> Sorry? A comic, A comic book, even better, yes, yes. We're wired differently, we're made differently, but actually we were made 
to have relationship with God. We were made to be in, in, in relationship with him. And, and you might say, well, I'm not particularly spiritual. doesn't matter. You were made to have relationship with God. Some people are very material, very scientific. The, the way I have, the, the word I have for that is like, they're like a block of wood. Do, do you know what I mean? You, you, they don't sense anything, they don't feel anything, they just are. You know, it's like, that's lovely. It's a bit of... Are you into technology? Anybody into technology? I love technology. It, it's tangible. It's real. You can play with it. I used to... I used to for a living, I used to repair uh, electronic organs. Right? Great big things worth £20,000. And you could work on them and repair them and fix them and, and, and then make it work and say, I did that. And it, it, it didn't answer back. It wasn't like a person. It, it didn't have an ulterior motive or meaning. It just did what it said on the tin. Right? Do, do, sometimes people speak to me and they'll go, do you get what I'm saying? And, and, and the words sound really good. But somehow they've gone, do, do you ever have that? Because we're all wired differently. The thing about it, the point I'm trying to make is this. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He made every one of us, however we're wired, whatever we're made, to have a living relationship with him. So he knows what you're like. He knows how you're formed. He knows whether you're like a block of wood or the most spiritual, sensitive person on the planet. He knows all of that, and he still made you to have a relationship with him. Yes? Very important to believe that. Very important to know that. Because that's what makes life work. That's what gives life meaning. Living, knowing, and having a relationship with the living God. That's the gospel. You say to people, how are you getting on? How's your relationship with God? And they'll go, who? Well, I, I don't know. God is a prayer away. God is right here. Right now, you can know him. Right now, you can have a relationship with him. You don't have to be clever. You don't have to jump through hoops. You don't have to be spiritually sensitive. Right now, God is here for you. What is Paul saying? He says, because we were all born in sin, none of us, until we put our trust in Jesus, though, can enjoy this fulfilling relationship. It, it's, so it's like there's a wall between us and God. It separates us from God. We can't, we can't, you know, we, we hear about God being all love. We hear about God being wonderful. But somehow there's a wall between us and God and we think, well, I can't feel it. I can't sense it. I can't know it. Because I, I, he's, he's separate from me. That's called sin. And we're all in that condition. It's called being enemies of God. We make God in our own image. We start to say, well, I think God will be like this. Or I don't believe in God. Or I think, well, I, I, I kind of think he should be this way. And then we start judging what goes on. Say, well, if God was just, he wouldn't allow this. And he wouldn't allow that. And he wouldn't allow the rest of it. It's because we don't see him. And when we don't see him, we decide what he's like. It's, that's called living as an enemy of God. 
Once, every one of us was like that. Did you know that? Do you remember those days before you became a Christian? Difficult for some if you were brought up in a Christian home environment. I remember I, I, I became a Christian when I was seven. Long time ago. But I remember the day. I remember the day. Do you remember the day you were born again? Do you remember the day when you, you lay hold of the truth of Jesus Christ and you were, you were transformed, you were changed? Do you remember the day? Well, think what it was like before that day. Before that day you were lost. Before that day you had no relationship with God. Before that day you had no peace on the inside. You might have been searching. You might have been hungry. You might have not felt any of those things, but you still were an enemy of God. That's what the Bible says. Paul says, in fact, we were enemies of God in our minds, and that was shown by our evil behavior. Do you know, most action starts in your mind. The Bible talks about Christians taking thoughts captive. Why does it talk about that? Because often, sin is conceived in the mind before it becomes an action. You know what I'm talking about? So, who can I... Who can I pick on this morning? Sarush. Right? If I, if I'm, I start, I start thinking about Sarush negatively. He irritates me. You don't. He's lovely. But, but, right? If I start thinking that. If I start thinking, well, Sarush did this and he did that. And if I let that go and I keep thinking, I keep thinking. Before long, something happens in my heart and I start thinking about Sarush, things that I shouldn't think. I start thinking bad things and then my behavior towards him becomes negative and bad because it has been conceived in my mind and then it comes out in my actions. Yeah? Let's, let's do one that touches everyone. How, how about lust? Okay, you perhaps don't have any of that. But the reality is this. Male or female, you see somebody, perhaps you're watching the television, I don't know what it is, but you start in your mind imagining. The word is fantasy. Nobody knows, but you let it run. And you let it run. And you let it run. You know, one day, you finish up. You either finish up in pornography, or you finish up in adultery, or you finish up in a relationship you shouldn't be in, because it conceived in your mind and you let it run. Yes? So the Bible says, take thoughts captive. Because we were enemies of God in our minds. In our thinking. That's what Paul says. You were enemies of God in your mind. Now maybe you're here this morning and you're not a Christian and you think, well, I'm not an enemy of God. Who are you to tell me what? I'm, I'm just somebody reading the word of God to you. Because I need to say we're all enemies of God unless we have a relationship with God. And being an enemy of God comes through our minds. Sinful thinking. Wrong thinking. Very important. And so we can say 
I don't believe in God, or I do believe in God, but I choose to live my own way. Either way, our thinking's producing wrong actions, which is offensive to God, and it gets in the way. To look back and remember what we once were helps us be thankful. Are you thankful that God saved you? Are you thankful he made you clean? Are you thankful that all the stuff, all that stuff that used to get in the way, that wall, it was being demolished? Are you thankful? It's been taken down through a cross, through Jesus on the cross. That, that wall, the dividing wall that separated us from it's gone. That's for us as children of God. It's gone. We're free. That means I can have a relationship with God all the time. Are you? Sometimes. That's the answer. Yes, Paul. Keep going. We need to be thankful for what Jesus has done for us. And sometimes by remembering the past... We can remember to live free of it and live in the good of our salvation. Brings me to my, my next point. And I am thrilled. You know when you're in a meeting and you're the preacher, well, I don't know how many of you preach, but you're in, and, and somebody preaches your sermon for you. Hallelujah. You know, I just love it when God puts it together. It's the word now. What has Jesus done right now? Today and every day we are reconciled to God through the death of Jesus on the cross. Isn't that good news? Oh, God. Right now you are saved. Isn't that good to know? Right now. It wasn't, oh, I was saved yesterday. Well, hallelujah. What about now? Right now. That dividing wall has gone. Right now. Right this second. The two words you can play with, alienated and reconciled. Alienated is all about relational breakdown. Reconciled is all about relationship restored. Right now, if you put your faith and trust in Jesus, then you stand before God the Father. In fact, Paul, the Apostle Paul says, he presents you before God the Father, holy in God's sight, totally acceptable, without blemish. Have you looked in the mirror lately? Any blemishes? No blemishes. Let's take off the makeup. And try again. <laughs> Any blemishes? <laughs> Pardon? Shameful. <laughs> we stand before God without blemish. Perfect. Isn't that awesome? The English Standard Version puts it this way holy, blameless, and above reproach. Right now, right now, everything that could separate us from God has gone forever. It's gone. That means I can come before the throne of God every minute of every day at any second 
knowing total acceptance, no accusation, total freedom, and all the blessings of him who is love is for me. That's the truth. Does that sound good? I mean, you know, it's, it's not, oh, I've, I've got it wrong again, and we have to do a penance and, and, and sort all that out, and then we come and say, God, I'm, I'm sorry, I've, I've done it again. And he always says, when was the last time? It's not about performance. It's about his performance. You and I are not made right before God because we've got become especially good in our behavior. We're made right before God because he dealt with our sin once and for all time, past, present and future. So we stand completely clean before a holy God and I can have full relationship with him now and forever. Wonderful. That's our position this morning. You need to remind yourself sometimes of that. This is what I once was. But now, right now, every morning I wake up, now I'm saved. Oh. Some of you look at me as I've got three heads, am I? <laughs> this is just... It's only one of them. Only Jesus can make the sinner clean and right with God. And there's no other way to stand before him. There's no other way to have a relationship with him. It's always through Jesus. Whatever any other religion offers you, what any philosophy offers you, no other person will ever give you a relationship with God the Father except Jesus Christ the Son. That's what we believe. That's what we teach. The world says, well, if you try and be good and they're kind people and aren't they lovely, ah, they must be okay. No, no, no. It's not about how good you are. It's about how good he is. That's the gospel. He is the perfect son of the living God. The one who comes, who is pure love, comes out of love to become part of humanity. Sinless, pure, and he lives it, and he, he lives it, and he's ridiculed, and he brings the truth of the kingdom of God, and he's ridiculed, and then he's spat upon, and then, then he's beaten up, and he's, he's mauled and made a complete mess, and he staggers all the way to Calvary with a crown of thorns on his head, this perfect, pure one, and he does it. Why? He did it because he loves you, and he loves me, and he did it, and he goes all the way, and he didn't stop, as we heard last week. He kept getting up, and getting up, and he goes all the way till he gets to the cross, and there he's nailed, and there he's spat upon, and there he hangs, and there he dies, and his blood pours out on the ground, and he says, it is finished. I've done it. I've made the way for every man or woman and child on the planet to have a relationship with the living God for all time, if they will put their trust in me. That's the gospel. Hallelujah. Don't you think that's a bit exciting? I mean, I... I, I just think the Lord is amazing. And because of what Jesus did, we can go along with the hymn that says, Bold, I approach the eternal throne now. 
I'm not creeping into the throne room wondering if I'm good enough. But now I come before God boldly with confidence knowing that I'm clean. I'm without blemish before a holy God now. Not yesterday, but now. Ah, that's wonderful. The big word I've got this morning is now. So often when we hear someone's testimony, we hear their story. That's right. What it used to be like. What happened. That's great. But sometimes these stories stop short of today. I love to hear testimonies of how God transformed lives. But you know what I want to know the most? What it means for you right now. Right now. How are we doing with God today? Are we enjoying all that Jesus has done today? You see, we can't live on yesterday's blessing, no matter how good it was. I, I hear people, I've done it myself, it's, it was amazing. I remember the moment. I remember personally in 1971 or 72, in June, I can't remember which year it was, but I, probably 71, I, I'm, I'm reading this book by Watchman Nee. I remember it. It's, it's a transformed moment in my life as I read this book. Yes, I was saved, but I read this book, and as I read this book, I got filled with the Holy Spirit, and I shook for three days, and I remember the experience of that. I remember truth exploding in my face. I remember God switching the light on in terms of eternal purposes. I remember that. It has shaped my life and my history ever since. But, if it's just a memory, it's a good memory, but what does that memory mean for today? Am I living in the good of it today? Have I built on it throughout the days past? And am I enjoying God's blessing today? That's, that's the call. That's what this is about. Now is the time. It's good to look back. Thank God that someone brought you to the Alpha course. Anybody come through Alpha? Thank God for Alpha. Thank God for those things. Thank God. Do you remember the day? Thank God that people brought you to this meeting this morning. Thank God. I remember that day. You look back on today, some of you, and say, I remember when Paul preached that sermon. Well, good. It's good to look back. But I found these three verses brought this challenging question to me personally. Am I living in the now of what Jesus has done? Am I enjoying it? Am I pressing into it every day? Or have I become a bit blasé, a bit casual about my walk with God? How about you? Is it like, yeah, I'm a Christian. Are you enjoying God? I, I remember growing up in the Salvation Army. We used to have praise meetings. We used to have three meetings every Sunday. Holiness meeting in the morning, praise meeting in the afternoon, and a salvation meeting in the evening. Very clear. 
And the afternoon was a big celebration, really, and people would get up and give their testimonies and just pop up. But what do you know what I remember the most? I remember people who were hot for God. I remember people standing up and saying, you know what? He has saved me and saves me still. He's transformed it. We're always now testimonies of the goodness of God. I remember those things. And I remember sitting there as a little boy thinking, how can I ever be like that? Now. Now. Let me go on to my next word. It's a word I wish the Apostle Paul hadn't put in. Do you ever find that in Scripture? There's a bit you read and think, oh, I wish it didn't say that. Do you, do you ever have any of those? Aye, aye, aye. There's the odd bit. Well, this is one of those bits. This is what the Gospel is. We've just been through it. Here we are before God, free from accusation. And then he says, if, if, if you continue in your faith, established and firm, not moving from the hope held out in the gospel. And immediately, I can hear people saying, oh, is, is Paul saying that means I can lose my salvation? That's where we always go with this. That's the wrong question. That is not what Paul's talking about. Paul is talking here of us living right now in the finished work of Jesus on the cross. You see, following Jesus is more than coming to know the truth. It's about us choosing to live in that truth and enjoying the truth forever. There's a part we play. Jesus says in Luke 9, 23, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. We can call this active faith. It's not about how well we're performing. It's about where we're putting our trust. You don't lose your salvation. But if you step off your sure foundation to something else, the the pull of this world, some sort of sin, some other relationship, some career, you start putting your confidence somewhere other than in Jesus Christ, then when the pressure comes, you will find you fall. This is not about God loving you or not. This is about you living in the good of what he's done. Do Do you understand? Very important. I find it interesting preaching through Paul's letters. Uh, Because if you spend long enough with them, you find there's patterns emerge in his writings. And and in Philippians 2, we see Paul writes in a similar way to the way he's writing in Colossians. And some of his other letters, too, have a similar form. So here in Colossians, verses 15 to 20, we see Paul exalts Jesus, making sure where our focus should be. Uh, Let me just... Simon dealt with it so well last week, I don't want to go open it up again. But he said in verse 15, speaking of Jesus, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, down to 19 and 24. God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. And then Paul goes on and brings some application for us. Okay? 
He says, we were alienated from God, we were his enemies, but now through the shed blood of Jesus, we've been reconciled and presented holy and blameless in his sight. If, this is the part we play, choosing to live in the good of what God's done for us. Does that, so this is not earning salvation, this is me choosing. It's like someone saying, here you are, here's, here's a Rolls Royce. Not the best illustration, this, but you know. And so you look at it and you walk around it ten times and, well, that's nice. It wasn't made to look at, it was made to drive. It was made to lay hold of, it was made to grab hold of it. Salvation that Jesus bought for us at Calvary comes to us as a free gift. He goes, here you are, now run with it. Build on it. Does, does that make sense? If you stay on that foundation, you can't be moved. But if you start thinking, oh, I'll look somewhere else now. Or, or that's nice, but I'd rather have a Porsche. Well, what's that? There is no other gospel. There is no other foundation but Jesus. We choose, personally choose, to stay built on him, hidden in him. This is not about whether we're born again or not. This is about whether we're living in victory or not. This is the Christian life. Ta. Ready. <laughs> the if is all about the part we play, about our choosing to live in the good of what Jesus has done. Now let's have a quick look at Philippians. I'm going to read verses 5 to 3. I haven't put it on the screen, but it's Philippians 2, verses 5 to 3. But it's again, what's he do? He exalts Jesus. He says, your attitude be, should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place, gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now here, here comes Paul's application. Right? This is the part we play. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but how much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. See the context? It's not earning anything. It's taking the gift that's given. Say, right, I'm going to work this out. I'm going to work this in. I'm going to give my life to what this gift that God has given me. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his purpose. Continue in the now of pursuing God. Are we doing that? Are we doing that? Or have we, do we kind of think, oh, I just, I'm, I'm born again, I'm okay. Well, you are. But there's a life for us. There's, there's, there's stuff to lay hold of for every child of God, not just the leadership. God saved us for us to build on that relationship to go deeper with him, to grow mature and strong and wise and all the benefits of the kingdom, to be full of the Spirit and to live in the good of that now, every day, now. Whether we feel good, bad or indifferent. Whether we're happy one day, grumpy one day. He's the same. The gospel's the same. The gift hasn't changed. I'm still a child of God. I can still stand on the truth today, however I feel. And I can still build on it. That's what he calls us to.
so important. So my question this morning, questions are this. Are we living in the now of the work of Jesus on the cross? Are we working out our salvation with fear and trembling? That means are we taking it seriously? Are we growing in our faith? Are we pursuing God and pressing into it, into all that it means to be a child of God? The Apostle Paul in his letters in the New Testament seems to lay out the truth time after time, then exhort us to lay hold of it, to live in the good of it, day by day. Are we pressing in? Or are we putting our focus in other places? I was thinking, it must be difficult to be a student. Students? few of you here. Good to be students, I think. Um, must be difficult. I just felt to say this to you. Don't live in the past and don't live in the one day. Live in the now with God at uni. Very important. Live in the now with God at uni. Too many Christians get sidelined Live in the now with God. My last point is this. It's the word gospel. Because the gospel is always a now gospel. The good news of Jesus Christ is that he came to save us all from our sin and its consequences, reconcile us to God. He has done everything necessary for, us to, for that to be true for us, to be reconciled with God, for us to stand before God the Father. But our part is to turn away from our sin. If you've never become a Christian, all you have to do is say, no, I want to put my trust in Jesus. Well, turn away from a sinful, self-reliant lifestyle and say, I now put my trust in Jesus. That's step one. Step two, believe in and put your trust and faith in Jesus and what he did on the cross. This is not necessarily an emotional thing. It's a conscious thing in your mind when you say, you know what, I'm going to choose to make that, what Jesus did on the cross, the foundation of my life. I'm going to rest there. It's an intellectual thing. I see it. I know it. He's taught it to me. That truth sets me free. I believe. I choose to believe. And then, for all of us, choose to live in the good of the gospel day by day. Growing in maturity as a child of God. Continuing in our faith. Established. Firm. Not moved from the hope held out in the gospel. You see, we have an enemy who wants to distract us. Entice us away from putting Jesus first. He wants us to either live in the past or live in the future. When the gospel is always now. Now is the day of salvation. I need to say to you this morning, if if you are not a Christian yet, I could say come on an Alpha course, but I'm not going to say that. It would be good to do that. I want to say this. Become a Christian now. Believe in Jesus today. Because there's no time like the present, as my mommy used to tell me. Growing up, all the time she kept, well, there's no time like the present. Because I always wanted to do things tomorrow. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Words procrastination. 
Well, you know what? Do not put off your day of believing in Jesus till another day. Do it now. You're going to have an opportunity in just a moment. Let's all make sure in Jubilee. Let's keep pressing into God in these days. God knows what you're like. You don't have to earn anything. Just keep pressing in and say, God, help me. God, change me. God, use me. God, fill me. You know those sort of prayers? Do you ever pray those? God, help. That's okay. Just keep pressing into him. This is the Christian life. It's a joy and a privilege to know our sin forgiven and for us to be reconciled to God. Let's enjoy it. Let's rejoice in it. And let's give ourselves to helping one another in it day by day. Well, I have finished. And I'm going to invite you, if you want to, to fill inside B of your card. If you're going to say, if you haven't, don't bother. Okay, I'm not really fussed. But if it's helpful, fill inside B. But what I want to do is...